another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, we recorded this before. We've recorded this once before and I <laughs> fucked everything up. <laughs> I have no excuse. But I fucked it all Technology, up. Technology, bro. <laughs> Why did I just say bro? <laughs> so I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts this time around. Hello. We've got uh, Samma Rose. Hello. And Steph Nutso. Oh, my God. Hi. I'm so glad to have everyone back. Yeah, um, we're all reunited. It's a dream. We actually sang about this in the um, earlier fail <laughs> session. While we were waiting for Marnie to. It was really beautiful, but. I just don't think we can do it again. I no, think it's it, it was a had to gone. be their moment. It was mm. definitely a had to be their moment. Uh, coming up on the show, we're chatting about the public reaction to Meghan Markle's miscarriage. Shares active hero rhythm. Shares active heroism and the Grammy snub. I've got to do that again, otherwise that sounds horrible. Coming up on the show, we're chatting about the public reaction to Meghan Markle's miscarriage, Cher's act of heroism, and the Grammy snubs that have everyone talking, plus heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. And let's cross our fingers that Marnie doesn't stuff up again. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> Meghan Markle shared the heartbreaking news last week that she suffered a miscarriage in July. She shared the news by writing a very personal op-ed piece for the New York Times, revealing that she knew she was losing her second child after experiencing a cramp in July. She said, after changing Archie's diaper, I felt a sharp cramp. I dropped to the floor with him in my arms, humming a lullaby to keep us both calm. The cheerful tune, a stark contrast to my sense that something was not right, she wrote. I knew as I clutched my firstborn child that I was losing my second. Hours later, I lay in a hospital bed holding my husband's hand. I felt the clamminess of his palm and kissed his knuckles, wet from both of our tears. She shared her reason for writing the piece was because while losing a child is sadly very common, it's still not spoken about enough. Megan wrote, Losing a child means carrying an, un an almost unbearable grief, experienced by many but talked about by few. In the pain of our loss, my husband and I discovered that in a room of 100 women, 10 to 20 of them will have suffered from miscarriage. Yet despite the staggering commonality of this pain, the conversation remains taboo, riddled with unwarranted shame and perpetuating a cycle of solitary mourning. Some have bravely shared their stories. They have opened the door knowing that when one person speaks truth, it gives license for all of us to do the same. We have learned that when people ask any of us how we are doing and when they really listen to the answer with an open heart and mind, the load of grief often becomes lighter for all of us. In being invited to share our pain together, we take the first steps towards healing. Wow. Despite the heartbreaking story she's telling and the fact that she's doing it to help other women who might be going through something similar, trolls were very quick to slam her for sharing her story. Didn't she want total privacy? Make up your mind, one social media user wrote. Attention-seeking psycho, another wrote. Wow. Others even suggested that it might be fake or even a PR stunt. Another user wrote, this is total bullshit. It's part of her PR drive to stop negative press. I feel she is totally hollow inside. She cares only for her public image. This is a distraction technique to get sympathy, another claimed. Similarly, when Chrissy Teigen shared her heartbreaking news that she had lost her son Jack at 20 weeks, the trolls came out to play. Why did Chrissy Teigen take a photo right after losing her baby? Who does something like that? The hospital photo after losing your baby is about as narcissistic as you can get, one Twitter user wrote. Chrissy responded to these people in an essay for Medium. 
She wrote, I cannot express how little I care that you hate the photos, how little I care that it's something you wouldn't have done. I lived it, I chose to do it, and more than anything, these photos aren't for anyone but the people who lived this or are, or are curious enough to wonder what something like this is like. These photos are only for the people who need them. The thoughts of others do not matter to me. Writer and professor Kate Williams hit the nail on the head on Twitter by writing, something is so wrong with us as a society when a woman is attacked for writing honestly about baby loss. And honestly, it just makes it clearer as to why so many women suffer in silence. Jamila yeah. Jamil tweeted, when you criticize Megan for discussing miscarriage because it's too personal for her to share, you're enabling the culture of silence around that issue that keeps so many people in a state of shame slash guilt slash loneliness slash misinformation. I just don't understand what could be so wrong with a person that they could troll a woman who has just gone through such incredible loss and it just breaks my heart. Yeah, it was so heartbreaking. I, I remember reading a story about this, about Megan and Chrissy, and I cried. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I've never gone through anything like this, but I don't understand how people can't have empathy in this kind of situation. There was a viral tweet from Paisley Thompson, which I think has significant weight here. So she tweeted, Meghan Markle won't see all of the nasty shit you write about her, but your friends who have experienced miscarriages and the loss of a baby will. And it's so true. Yeah. So to tell people that they're when they're venting, when they're sharing what that kind of grief feels like, when you're telling them that they're attention-seeking or that they're doing it for good publicity, which I don't understand anyways, it 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 doesn't validate them. It, it makes them feel like they just should shut up next time. And that's an awful thing to do to someone. I think there's like a lot of problems with this. But one of the things that really stood out to me is – you know, I couldn't help but wonder, you know, what if it was Kate Middleton that had written this? Yeah, uh, that is so true because her dog died that last week, Kate mm-hmm. Middleton's dog. And the reaction to the dog dying versus to Meghan Markle coming out about this miscarriage is so different. Yeah, and that's that's been true of, you know, Meghan Markle's entire experience so true. with the royal family and um royalists or whatever fans of the royal family and and like i just think that uh, i don't know like sure a big part of this is you know that we live in this culture that is so fucking attached to the idea of keeping women's business and women's issues pushed to the side and like Mm. you know because it's private and inappropriate to discuss or whatever but i also think that there is an undertone of racism here like definitely um you know Megan can't do anything right, you know, and pe- people are coming for her no matter what she does. She's been, like, brave and honest here, as has Chrissy Teigen, and if somebody's response is to attack them, like, I just think what ugliness sits inside of you that that is your reaction? I don't know. I think, like, would the reaction be the same if they were white women? I don't know. Like, maybe there would still be some kind of criticism of oversharing, but I doubt it would be as aggressive um, as it has been with with these two, especially with Megan. And I just think, like, the thing that's even sadder is that if you kind of consider the fact that, you know, women of colour, like, especially, like, black women in America and also First Nations women in Australia – they do suffer a lot more um, complications in pregnancy than white women do. Um, and that's for a whole lot of reasons and it's not... They're let to fall through the cracks almost. Basically, yeah. And it's just sort of like this is something that 
black women are going to be experiencing at a higher rate and then you try to silence a black woman talking about this awful tragedy that she suffered and I just think like how fucking dare you yeah I I think you're so right Steph because I totally agree yeah if if well I didn't even know Kate's dog died and I probably would have known if people were complaining about it Mm. um but I just I wish, and I know this is very wishful thinking, I wish social media could have like a better responsibility when it comes to stuff like this. Like I'm all for open debate, open discussion, but when it's someone who's sharing a vulnerability or sharing an experience that they've had and and then they're, they're met with all these hateful comments, it's like, well, what's social media, what's Twitter doing to, to stop something like this? Because Megan may not see it and I really hope she doesn't see it, but so many other people will. And it's really disappointing. Yeah, I think she opened up recently about how she was the most trolled woman online for the year. and, and In 2019, how, right? Yeah, and how it was like how difficult it was on her mental health. And I just think when you're sharing something like this and to have thousands and thousands of people come for you, it's just like how do you get through that? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's that heartbreaking clip where a journalist asks if she's okay and it like almost sets her off crying because she's like, no mm. one asks me if I'm okay. Yeah, which she references in the essay and like how little people ask that question. Yeah, which is bizarre. She's still a human being. I mean, it wouldn't have been an easy decision to leave the royal family for one. And like, they had to because of yeah. how she was being treated. You can't just stick around in an institution like that and be like, yeah, this is my life now. Like, no, it's 2020. Like, why do we even have a bloody queen and prince, whatever? (laughs) Like, why? Yeah. (laughs) Like, if they want to live their life, let them do it. They're not going to be, you know, the king or anything anytime soon. So let them go. Yeah. It's a a weird thing where these, yeah, as you say, Steph, royalists, they they invest so much. And I don't know why. <laughs> I just never understood it. Their precious all. Harry left the country. Oh, shut up. Who cares? <laughs> she should have left a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, but not even good tradition. No. Like, <laughs> shit that fucking makes people have bad lives. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, col- do we call them colonialists instead of royalists? Ha, yeah. Iconic and ageless singer Cher has travelled to Pakistan to escort a lonely elephant called Kavan from a Pakistani zoo to a sanctuary in Cambodia, which I think is just a sweet story. Now, I suppose you're wondering, why would Cher travel during a pandemic to hang out with an elephant? Keep in mind, she's in her 70s. It's not like the safest thing to do right now. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Kavan is allegedly the world's loneliest elephant. He lived in, pa- in a Pakistani zoo for 35 years and he had a mate who passed away in 2012. So he's been a widow for eight years. And ever since his mate passed, his well-being has deteriorated. Vets diagnosed him as overweight and mal- malnourished and he displayed signs of boredom. 
So Cher teamed up with the organisation Four Paws, who rescued Kavan and 30 other animals from the Pakistani zoo. She met with Pakistan's Prime Minister Imran Khan while the rescue was in process, and she tweeted about the event, thanking Prime Minister Khan, and said that the documentary will be heartwarming. And the documentary she tweeted about is a project she's working on with the Smithsonian Channel. It will document the four-year process Cher and Four Paws underwent to rescue Kavan, and is set to be released in 2021. And I just think it's such a nice story. Yeah. After listening to the Meghan Markle stuff, it is nice to hear something. But isn't it also weird that people are nice I mean, everyone should be nice to elephants, of course, but like treating humans like trash and anyways. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel like Cher's just like a superwoman. I just like can't she plank for like seven minutes or something? She's, oh my like, god, in her I'm 70s. not surprised if she could. I would Yeah, I would believe that. I haven't heard that before but i i mean if you look at her body I'd it's be like, actually an hour she can plank for an hour guys you heard it here first <laughs> but you know it's really interesting when when i um heard about this i kind of looked into Cher's philanthropic ways a little bit and she's done a fair bit she's such a legend i love her like for example she um she i think donated like 180,000 bottles of drinking water to the city of Flint in Michigan, where there's like a clean water crisis. Um, during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, she like was working on helping to reduce brain injuries in troops by raising money for like helmet liners and fixing that up. And she's been very vocal about her dislike of SeaWorld following um, the Blackfish documentary. Also, another very lonely animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Loneliest, well, not in anymore he's passed away but um yeah like she's been very vocal about the um discoveries about mistreatment of orcas in particular like i was reading a vanity fair article and um they quoted her as saying one can only hope sea will sea world will go into a deep deep bankruptcy um <laughs> but yeah she's also been huge on campaigning against drugs since like the 1960s and yeah she's just a very active lady when she's it comes very... to physical planking and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, like, it, it's very varied, all that yeah. stuff. Oh, definitely. And on top of that, she uh, has had a a song reach the top ten in every decade since 1960. Stop Get it. out. I'm pretty sure that's true. I did a trivia quiz on it once. <laughs> <laughs> she so she's and Dolly amazing. Martin should just be in charge of the US. That <gasps> would president. be amazing. She have a president. Right? Retweet. If yes. we're going to have a 70-year-old president, I mean, not us, we don't have that. If they're <laughs> going to have a 70-year-old president, it should be Cher, not bloody Donald Trump. <laughs> We've only no, got a so little bit she, to go, guys. She really hates that man too, which makes sense. Yeah. No surprises there. <laughs> so the Grammy nominations are here for 2020 and folks are really not happy with what they've been served this year, it seems. So in case you've missed the whole drama, there's... um. There's been a lot of backlash about nomination snubs, and in particular, this is related to the weekend. The artist he himself has been really vocal about, like his offence at, at receiving literally zero nominations for the year, uh, despite being asked to perform at the awards night. Hmm. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the the whole issue has kicked off here because. He was invited to perform at the event 
but was also offered the gig of performing at the Super Bowl, which is one week after the Grammys. And apparently there was some kind of contention around that and they were like butting heads over if he was allowed to do the two shows. But eventually, apparently, he was given the, the green light to perform at both. But then he received no Grammy nominations. Um, as a result, the artist has accused the Recording Academy, which is the academy behind the Grammys, of corruption. It's gotten pretty ugly. So uh, the Recording Academy chief, Harvey Macy Jr., he's responded to The Weeknd's claims, saying in a statement, I'm going to quote him here, we understand that The Weeknd is disappointed at not being nominated. I was surprised and can emp- empathise with what he's feeling. His music this year was excellent and his contributions to the music community and broader world are worthy of everyone's admiration. Broader world, it's an interesting thing to say. Anyway, <laughs> um, we were thrilled when we found out he would be performing at the upcoming Super Bowl and we would have loved to have him also, to have had him also perform at, on the Grammy stage the weekend before. So I'm guessing that performance is no longer happening. Mm. I, I wasn't sure about what happened there, but that's my assumption. Um, anyway, unfortunately, every year there are fewer nominations than the number of deserving artists. But as the only P-voted music award, we will continue to recognise and celebrate excellence in music while shining a light on the many amazing artists that make up our global community. To be clear, voting in all categories ended well before the weekend's performance at the Super Bowl was announced, so in no way could it have affected the nomination process. Um, yeah, he also spoke with uh, Variety at length about the process that goes behind, you know, selecting nominees and how, like, it's got this a panel of music professionals who make their selections over a really long kind of... Um, period of time and there's like there's all these assessments that are made and he said that the people in that room really care there are no agendas in there there's no let's snub this person or that person it's about let's try and find excellence but which music professionals like who that's that's the thing that i'm interested in knowing as well because i'm like is it a bunch of white dudes i don't know but like yeah whatever i'm not sure that's you could probably find that but i haven't seen too much around that and I think that would be interesting to find out Mm. um but yeah it's clear that he's you know attempting to shut the whole thing down but the weekend is really just not having any of it he's he posted on Instagram I think it was yesterday uh collaboratively collaboratively planning a performance for weeks to not being invited question mark in my opinion zero nominations equals you're not invited so Uh, um interesting that is so funny yeah, it's kind of odd, right? Like, and the weekend's album after hours was apparently you know very highly regarded by fans and critics. It's an awesome alike. album, great yeah. album, awesome. And so it's it's been reported that this is like considered one of the biggest snubs in Grammy history. Basically. Wow! Didn't and I um, a lot of people in the biz are actually coming forward and and commenting on it. So you got like Drake and. Halsey, like Halsey actually shared a whole really, she shared a really long statement that she thinks is going to get her blacklisted, saying that the Grammys are an elusive uh, process and that it can often be about private behind the scenes performances, knowing the right people, campaigning through the grapevine with the right handshakes and bribes, in inverted commas, that can be just ambiguous enough to pass as not bribes. Yeah, see, I thought that was really interesting. So if what Halsey is saying is right, then the Grammys are just fake awards. 
So why would you want a fake award anyways? I well, say yeah, boycott true. the Grammys. If they're yeah. not real, fuck them. <laughs> I mean, that guy's just, he's just spouting bullshit, let's be honest, because The weekend yeah. won so many awards across the other, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Award shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was quite a simple thing to say. I couldn't get it out. Um, but also, I looked at the nominations, and I am sorry, I don't think that Doja Cat's music was especially groundbreaking. She shouldn't have been nominated. Oh, no. I like Samuel, her music. We don't, we don't like her. Though. I know we don't like her as a person. I'll let, a I'll let that one slide, person. but you will not let this one slide. Yummy by Justin Bieber was nominated. Oh, no. That song can go in the bin. Oh no, that's an that awful song. That is a song. trash song. That's an the only awful thing song. that should be nominated um, wh- when it comes to Yummy is the Paris Go Bell. I don't know. I'm probably oh, the blo- her yeah, name. yeah, yeah. The, her choreographed her dance? Yes. dance video to that. That should be nominated for something, but yes. yeah, not the song itself. Having said all of that, though, I hope Harry Styles just cleans up. <gasps> He's been nominated a fair amount. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, and I think he does deserve it. He does. But also the weekend does, and oh yeah, why? I just guys, yummy. which Doja Cat song? Yummy. I think it was her album. To be fair, oh okay, she's got. I mean, she does have some tunes. Like they're pretty. It's pretty. I know she's problematic. Yeah, she's I think also like um, Cardi B was upset that WAP wasn't nominated. I think yeah. I saw oh. that somewhere. There were a lot of people that were upset. Justin Bieber was upset about. I think like, Ugh, shut up, Justin. <laughs> the category that he was nominated oh, in. Oh, well, he was nominated. Yeah, he like, was nominated. True. I think he was in pop. Is that not what, what he What did is? he want to be nominated in? Probably like R&B. I think that's what it was. I, I haven't got it in front of me, but it, and I'm no. sure that I don't. And so I think it was something along those lines. But that does happen a lot where you see like things like, you know, Lizzo's and like nominated in urban music yeah. but like, like that's pop that's music pop yeah. she's kind of... <laughs> actually it's funny there's this artist in australia called kido puru and she was nominated she's a pop singer like her songs are pop and she was yeah nominated for like r&b soul and she's like just because i'm a brown woman doesn't mean i'm in this category and i was like yeah. ooh, yeah you tell them because it's it ridiculous yeah so who are the people on the panel. <laughs> That's what we need to know. Because yes. why do they hate The weekend so much? I yeah. love The weekend, both the days and the singer. Following the release of The Crown Season 4, the UK government has revealed they would like Netflix to add a disclaimer to the show to ensure viewers understand it's fiction and not necessarily what actually happened. UK Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden has expressed his concern over the audience's understanding of the way the show portrays historical events and would like a warning shown before each episode explaining that it is not fact. He told the Daily Mail, it's a beautifully produced work of fiction. I'm so sorry, listeners, I'm struggling today. So as with other TV productions, Netflix should be very clear at the beginning, it is just that. Without this, I fear a generation of viewers who did not live through these events may mistake fiction for fact. It comes as fears the show is causing lasting damage to the monarchy and Prince Charles in particular, which, let's be honest, is probably very true. A I friend mean, he's of the already prince, got some bad reputation. Some, so. <laughs> a friend of the prince told the publication, it is quite sinister the way that screenwriter Peter Morgan is clearly using light entertainment to drive a very overt public agenda and people just don't see it. Controversy has surrounded scenes between Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles and the timeline of their affair during his marriage to Diana, as well as portrayals of verbal abuse towards Diana. 
Diana's brother, Earl Spencer, has backed calls for, the, for a disclaimer, telling ITV it would help the Crown an enormous amount if at the beginning of each episode it stated that this isn't true but is based around some real events because then everyone would understand it's drama for drama's sake. I want to know what you guys think because to me I'm kind of like, look, it's a show based on true events but it's never going to be 100% accurate the same yep. way a lot of biopics aren't. So maybe they need to have more faith in the audience to understand that's not true. But I guess at the same time, the royal family isn't really going to come out and be like, this isn't true. Yeah, I don't think they would ever. Yeah, yeah I don't think. Unless it was something really scandalous. It would have to um, be. I also think, considering the story that Steph and I spoke about two weeks ago, uh, have a listen to that episode if you haven't already. Charles is probably <laughs> just upset that at one point in time, people started to forget about that. And now people are dredging up all sorts of stories from his past. Yeah. Which I think maybe is fair enough. Like, people should be allowed to move on from embarrassing stories or mistakes. Um, But when it comes to a disclaimer, I'm thinking about, like, what's the show? It's about, like, a Russian uh, queen. And it's got um, Elle Fanning in it. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, and she's with Alexander the Great or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's So the only other show that I can think of that's been recently made that's kind of like a fictional take on uh, history. I hope that wasn't a gunshot. Um, It's called The Great. Uh, But watching it, it's clearly clearly a satire on that time in, in history. But watching The Crown, I think some... I haven't watched a lot of it. I watched some episodes in the first season, but I think a lot of audience members probably could think, oh, you know, this is probably real because a lot of it does follow what really happened. But And I'm not even sure what's what's real and what's not real. So I think it would make sense to have a disclaimer that said, you know, this is based on true events because, and I love, Marnie, that you have faith in audiences, but I don't think I do. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess like because I... Although I haven't watched this season, which I'm so surprised that I haven't because I have binge-watched every other season. But anyway, um, I have found myself kind of every season sort of like Googling things what actually to be like, happened? did this happen, did this not? Because I'm like, I kind of understand that it may not be completely factual. So um, you are the dream audience member. Mm. I'm your dream everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> She's single, guys. Get in touch. <laughs> She's your dream. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think, like, um, kind of putting a disclaimer wouldn't necessarily hurt. I think, though, that what was quite funny with this, uh, we wrote about it on Lifehacker, you should check it out, um, is that, like, um, there was this Four Corners segment that was kind of covered in one of the episodes apparently and four corners came back and was like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong like apparently there was um an interview with bob hawk and there were just a lot of things like details that were that were incorrect so for example apparently in the episode he like refers to the queen as a pig um and he apparently did not say that that was uh, misquote and you know the location was wrong the date was wrong just you know bits and pieces but the interview I, was rooted in like a kind of a, it was based on something that happened but there were a lot of um 
a lot of creative license was taken. I saw why because would obviously they make up that he said he called her a pig though. I don't see what they gain from that. That's it's dramatic and it's amazing. <sighs> I don't know. It's just gonna make the Brits hate Australians. <laughs> um, I did see because they they couldn't film in Australia. Obviously, they filmed in Spain, and there were some scenes that were meant to be in Canberra. And out the window, what you're meant to see is like Lake Burley Griffin. Is that what it's called? The lake there. Sure. Whatever. Maybe. The lake. But it's clearly like a tropical paradise. It's not Canberra. And you're just like, where is this meant to be? Like, yeah, you could have tried a little bit harder there. Maybe just do a green screen. That's funny. How do they not know that it's... That, that's really not what Canberra looks like. And Someone these poor was like, people watching over in England are going to be like, once the borders are open, once this pandemic's over, I'm going to Canberra, yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah. to that beautiful I'm tropical place. Sure Canberra got like awarded like, I don't know, like like a top place to visit in yeah, the sure last few I mean, years. What are you so. going to do? Go to Questacon? <laughs> Questacon <laughs> is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been since year six on the school trip. No, neither have See, I, I, but I remember I, I enjoyed that. I feel thoroughly. like I've missed out. I need to go. <laughs> we could go on an excursion. Pulse okay. Questacon. Um, but, yeah, people were like, I thought I was looking at the Sydney Harbour. Like, that's what they thought that they could see through the through the window. And it's like, no, no, just no. Spain. Alrighty, we'll be back in just a moment for Is It Worth It? Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Popfix Podcast. We'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which you can find if you search the same thing. And as I said last week, we do take a lot of time out of our lives to make this podcast for you guys. So we would truly, truly love you if you left us a five-star rating and review, which someone did do last oh. week. So the lovely Sarah said, love their insights and how varied they are. Also a very good laugh. Thank you, Sarah. I imagine you too are a very good laugh. So please, if you want to get mentioned on the show, leave us a little review. We'll read it for you. Uh, Sam, I don't tell them to leave a three-star review. It's five stars or nothing. I was feeling <laughs> chaotic last week. No, I, we really do appreciate any feedback you can give. And it's a, if it's a five-star, that's amazing. So thank you so much, Sarah. You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Is It Worth It? And uh, we've been to the cinema this week. Summer, what did you see? I went to see a movie called Freaky, which I know you've seen this movie, Marnie. Steph, you haven't. So we'll see what you think by the end of this. So to avoid the sweltering heat on Sunday, it was 40 degrees Celsius here in Sydney. I went to the cinema to see Freaky, which is a film about a high school girl who swaps bodies with a serial killer. So it's essentially a horror version of Freaky Friday, but it also stars Vince Vaughn, which (laughs) I love. Um, So in the first five to 10 minutes, I was really skeptical about this movie. I was unsure why Vince Vaughn was playing a serial killer with no lines, just walking about the place, like, gruesomely murdering people. Like, it's if you can't handle gore, maybe you shouldn't see this film. Yeah, seriously. So I was like, oh, poor Vince. His career's taken a bit of a dive. But suddenly the tone of the film shifts and it's really funny. And it's it's not an amazing movie, but it's really, really, really funny and it's a – a new twist on a beloved storyline. Um, so I'd say it's worth it. 
But Marnie, I want to know what you think. Yeah, I enjoyed it actually. But I thought that the timing was a bit weird because it came out after Halloween and shouldn't yeah. have come out before. But I do love a bit of a body swap comedy, especially when it's a teenage girl <laughs> switching bodies with an older man, like in Jumanji and The Hot Chick. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, And, you know, I haven't seen much of Vince Vaughn lately. Uh, maybe a, a bit of a strange choice for him, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, was I would great. say it's worth it. Yeah, cool. Steph, have we convinced you? Well, the thing is... Almost, but I don't <laughs> love gore. So, oh. well, I covered my eyes maybe for the first. I don't know if this is giving away too much, but I covered my eyes for like the first three murders, I think. Okay. And then like maybe the sixth. The school one? The one? The one... That one I closed my eyes for. Yeah, okay. Cool. So one. close your eyes in the beginning scene and <laughs> during a school scene, and you'll be okay. fine. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, yeah. Other than that, I'm in. <laughs> I reckon the movie that I saw, Steph, is more up your alley. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Happiest Season, which stars Kristen Stewart. And as we know from earlier this year, I don't mind her now, guys. And mm. if you haven't given her a chance yet, just do it. She is actually very talented. Also, mm. Dan Levy is in it, who you probably know from Shit's <gasps> Creek. And love he is him. divine, as always. Oh, we love him. Yeah, I and adore him. even if you just see the movie for him, you will not be disappointed. So Kristen stars as Abby, who is invited back home for Christmas by her girlfriend Harper, played by Mackenzie Davis. She reluctantly accepts, only to find out on the way there that Harper isn't actually out to her family and they just think that Abby is her orphan friend who is coming home for Christmas. Oh, A no. lot of craziness ensues. It is funny. It is heartwarming. And I spent a lot of the movie laughing out loud, very loudly. And I just think that if you, uh, you know, are in the mood for a Christmas movie, which I am well and truly in the Christmas mood, this is a good movie for you. So this is also at the cinemas? It's at the cinemas, yeah. Okay. And I I have seen ads for this. I really want to see it. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fine. I like how it's a Christmas movie, but it's capturing... The LGBTQ plus yeah, community. Yeah, and, and it's really good. Like, Has that ever happened before, actually, in a Christmas film? I like think a mainstream that, like, nowadays, Christmas film? Yeah, this is probably the most mainstream one that's out at the moment, but I think there are a few that are either being made or about to be released. Um, but that's great. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, uh, I was going to say five stars. I don't know if I would, but it was really good. Like, <laughs> yeah. fun, really good fun. And also, if anyone has any other Christmas rom-com suggestions, love to hear them. I'm I'm ready. Die hard. Oh, uh, no. no. Okay, that's not what I... <laughs> no. What about 10 Things I Had About You, Marnie? That's a great film. Is but... that a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> Just wear a Christmas hat and then it's Christmas. <clears throat> no, I'm saying because on the weekend <laughs> I, we're talking about 10 Things I Had About You. A friend of mine said she doesn't like it. Which, I mean, she's crazy, obviously. Yeah, it upset me. I'm still yeah, thinking that is about upsetting. it. Heath Ledger it's singing. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, full stop. Yeah. Just Anything dream. Heath Ledger. My dream. I might be your dream, but it's my dream. Oh, goodness. And on that note, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you could please leave us a five-star rating and a review, we would truly appreciate it. As I mentioned earlier, shout out again to Sarah. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Pop Fix Podcast, and you can find our Facebook group if you search the same thing. Sama, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore Sama Rose underscore. And Steph. 
I'm at Stephanie And you can find me at Marnie Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.